welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we got a ton of information from different reporters and news sites reporting on the stuff that they went and saw last week with the Sea of Thieves team and the new update, as well as a ton of videos and TwitchCon. All that and more on this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about the hull damage and ship damage video that came out from this last weekly stream. So John goes to interview Andy Preston, who talks about the changes that have come with the the actual damage towards a ship. Now, if you've been paying attention to Sea of Thieves lately, you know that there is a one-to-one kind of ratio with actually hitting ships. So there's one cannonball that does a certain amount of damage to the ship, and that damage does not increase or decrease depending on where you hit the ship or how often you hit the same spot that is all changing now with this actual update so there's going to be different types of hits and the the interesting thing about this video was and i don't know if this is because it deals with balancing that they have yet to really talk about but with the with the hits there's the lowest level which seems like it's it's reserved for like glancing hits uh or not glancing hits but like if you were to accidentally hit a rock or if you were to accidentally hit a sandbar or an island then it would be kind of like a small glancing blow uh something that that doesn't really fill up a whole lot but is still enough like if left unattended could fill up the the ship after a while so with that, the cannonballs now deal uh, a normal amount of damage. One hit fills it, and and if you 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 know if you hit it again multiple times with another cannonball, then that hole is actually going to get larger, and the rate of filling or the, the rate of water is actually going to get faster. So it's actually going to fill up the ship faster as a result, and it's going to take longer to actually refill. They didn't talk about if the bigger holes will require more than one plank to to be able to stop. Uh, I imagine it's just going to be a, a one board kind of situation. And they didn't really talk too much in regards to uh, like Megalodon damage or Kraken damage. Um, it was it was kind of interesting in that aspect. Like they they neglected to talk a lot about how much damage a powder keg will do, or how much damage a kraken slap will do, or if a megalodon is going to do fewer holes of damage but larger holes uh, in in an area. So it, it's interesting to see like how this is going to affect CFEs as far as curse cannonballs and stuff. Um, I'm glad that this is something that they're doing because it, it does add more realism to the game. So some of the other stuff that came in with this video talked about the damage that's going to be dealt to the ship that, in my mind, takes the place of cursed cannonballs. So cursed cannonballs are kind of a nice thing because they're they're kind of a good one shot. If you hit it, then you can really you can actually change the momentum of a ship battle which in my mind makes a huge difference. I, I had an opportunity uh, last night where I was sailing around with some old friends from Arizona and there was a sloop that was on a, a, a collision course with us. It was really strange. They were a couple pirate legends that came out of nowhere and they, they hit us the first time because we weren't expecting anyone. And when they came back a second time, 
they fully intended on doing the same thing, just ramming us and trying to cause havoc. It didn't seem like they were too interested in actually getting our treasure, which we didn't really have a whole lot. We had, we'd barely just taken on a Kraken, so we had a couple of things here and there. But the, the, be the beauty of it was the second time they came around, I was actually kind of prepared and on the ship ready for them. So with Curse Balls in hand, I first started off with an Anchor Ball and then proceeded to hit them with a couple regular shots and then hit them with a second anchor ball after the first one had faded. And then after that, I hit them with a grog ball to, to kind of really mess up their ability to, to do anything so they couldn't fire back. And we took off and started sailing a little bit around them and then we boarded them, killed them, and then sank their ship. And the, the nice thing was is that it took a situation where, sure, we were on a galleon and they were on a sloop, but they were the aggressors in the situation. And having the cursed cannonballs completely changed the outcome of what was going to be them ramming into us and us having to deal with it. So my friends aren't as experienced as I have been. They usually play very casually once in a while. So I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to take them out on an experience to have fun and get a chance to actually kind of get used to the game without having to do any too heavy PVP. Although they were up for it, so it wasn't too too big of an issue. But uh, some of the interesting things that I came away with was with these changes to the damage on a ship, cursed cannonballs are good as kind of an initiator to flip the tables to or to, to you know switch sides basically and you know if not for the cursed cannonballs we would have still been on the defensive but at that point dropping the anchor killed their momentum they were stuck in the water and they couldn't do anything except try to retaliate but the way that they had the angle they had no shot on us, whereas we had four cannons ready. Uh, granted, it was just me at, at the time because the other guys were working on the island and one person was at the helm. So with this, I've noticed that there is going to be permanent damage now that you can deal two ships. And while Cursed Cannonballs may still have a place in the game, this is kind of where I think that being able to destroy a capstan, uh, like you're not going to be able to necessarily hit the capstan if someone's charging at you, but having an anchor ball can still drastically change over the, the thing. So hit, hit a ship with an anchor ball and they're stuck. This gives you the opportunity to get really precise shots on the mast, on the capstan, on the wheel, and you may not have uh, a rigging ball. You may not have an, another anchor ball. You may not even have a, a, a helm ball, but having the ability to knock out those parts of the ship that affect uh, you know, momentum, speed, uh, maneuverability, and have that be per permanent damage, something that they have to repair on, can really change the course of a fight. Uh, no longer would you have to try and swap between cannonballs or have to uh, think about the timing on things. You know, you don't have to sit there and think like, okay, I hit them with one anchor ball. It's been 15 seconds. The other one, that one should be fading. I should, uh, my next cannon shot should be another anchor ball so that I don't double up and accidentally raise up their anchor. Uh, that's no longer an issue. You can, you can literally hit them with an anchor ball and then pummel them with 10 shots and use some of those shots to try and deal damage to the the wheel to the capstan to the to the masts to try and knock out those other forms uh, of of maneuverability for the ship uh i i don't know how i don't know how that balance is going to work out in adventure i think in arena where you don't have cursed cannonballs it's going to be great because you're you're going to have to rely on your skill to be able to land those shots and 
I've noticed, at least lately, in the last few uh, uh, sessions that I've been playing, that a lot of pirates tend to be more boarders than they are uh, 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 seamen. They, they tend to rely more on being able to get onto a ship and to, to cause havoc there than it is for uh, uh, them being able to just out, outmatch you in uh, a gunplay battle. Now, that's something that I, I think is probably one of the biggest parts about Sea of Thieves is being able to be better at uh, seamanship than uh, just as, as a boarder. Now, not to take away from anyone that is uh, really good at boarding ships and killing pirates, that is very important because that helps slow down the, the ability for the crew to respond to the cannon shots that you're putting in. But in my mind, you have to sink the ship. If you don't sink the ship, then the pirates are just going to keep coming back. So for me, the priority is always take out the ship and then kill the pirates afterwards. <laughs> So with the difference, uh, the, the one thing that we did see from this video that was really kind of good uh, was that you can repair the, the helm, the capstan, and the masts. The way you repair them is by using wood planks. So you don't have to worry about different types of resources for different things. You don't have to try and get that. Wood fixes everything, apparently. And you use uh, that, you, you see, like after you've gone through a battle, if those things have been destroyed, you see that once you've repaired them, that that stuff actually stays the same. Like it still just looks like a piece of wood sticking out of the place where you had this really beautiful piece of, of uh, uh, craftsmanship, you know. So it's going to be apparent that you've had some battle damage uh, as you go along and deal with encounters and stuff like that. So that's really neat. Uh, it looks like with the rigging ball, you're going to have to winch up the actual, or not the rigging ball, excuse me. If you down a mast, uh, it's gonna ha you're gonna have to, to to wheel it back up using the uh, the raise and lower sails. It looks like, and then you're gonna have to patch up the the actual mast. Uh, so that's where the wood will come in in that place. So if those planks get destroyed, I guess afterwards, uh, I was noticing this in the Twitch stream. Thor von Blitz kept talking about if uh, they they only had one more shot on one of the masts and uh, they had to put more wood on the actual mast to to kind of reinforce that that initial damage to it so it's 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 going to be really kind of cool to see how this plays out um there's still a couple questions that i have in regards to you know of course like with the megalodon with the kraken with kegs things like that how much damage those deal and then if those if those things will like instantly like if you drop a powder keg on on a uh, like because this is what i'm thinking like if say if you get onto a ship uh with a powder keg would the powder keg be more beneficial to drop or to explode below deck where you're going to have bigger holes to sink the ship or to drop it on say like the capstan because if you destroy the capstan then not only do they have to repair it before they can raise it but it'll drop it as well too which that's that's kind of a big deal, like being able to drop someone's anchor and then to to force them all to have to repair that capstan before they can raise the anchor is insane, especially on a galleon where it already takes a ton of time. And most of the time in engagements, not everyone is willing to stop what they're doing and immediately jump on one task and complete that task. Unless you're on a PvP focused group who are very quick to adapt to different situations it's going to be really hard for one crew. And that's not to say that you have that you haven't killed someone with the gunpowder blast too. That's just assuming all of them have stayed alive, but you've managed to blow up the keg on the, on the, on the actual capstan, destroying all the, all the pegs and lowering it. Like that's, that is a, 
big tide turner for a ship that affords you a lot of opportunity to be able to be able to maneuver around to get a good angle on a ship and to start hitting it and you know if you any cannonballs that are onto the capstan at that point are not only destroying the 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 capstan that they might have repaired some but also preventing them from being able to to repair it or to even get close to it at that point they're stuck in the water and that's just a i don't know man that's a, that's an amazing thing to sit here and think about like the 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 tactics involved with moving into a world where you can you can literally you can destroy parts of the ship that were previously unable to be destroyed like it didn't matter if you hit the capstan it didn't do anything it, it got a weird little weird little like uh graphic you know planar uh texture on it that was like oh this was where a cannonball hit now it's like okay this is now this is now something that's going to shut this ship down and we can actually do what we want at this point you know it doesn't matter what they do if we shut that ship down with the with the anchor they're dead because then we can have a guy or so uh a couple pirates head over and actually start killing pirates so they'll they'll never be able to get their anchor up and with the increased damage to hulls being able to hit a uh, to be to be able to hit a, a ship in the same place and have it cause more damage that means you can get onto the backside of a ship and start firing in the same place and yeah it may be in the same place but with the increased damage now you're now it's actually viable you could actually sink a ship from uh the stern with enough cannonballs protecting your ship of course and having someone on their ship preventing anyone from going down to repair that hole while they work on trying to repair the anchor so that they can actually raise the anchor and then get into a better position like I'm I'm curious to know, and I I'm kind of going long on this. I don't I don't mean to, but it's just it's, thoughts are coming into my head as I think about it now. But I wonder how a an anchor ball will interact with the capstan if the capstan is down and damaged. Like if you hit if you hit a ship uh, with a with a let's just take this example for 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 the sake of argument, and we'll say. Uh, you've dropped a powder keg on the capstan. You've destroyed it. It's dropped the anchor, and you hit the ship with an anchor ball. Will that raise the anchor, even though there aren't any pegs to raise it? Because it's a magical thing, right? So it, in my mind, it's, it makes sense. Like it's a zero. It's a, a, a an on or off switch. Either the anchor ball hits and it raises the anchor, or the anchor doesn't function. At which point the the anchor ball doesn't actually do anything because we've we never actually have like a a physical anchor that drops you never see like an anchor that drops underneath the sea um and that's something that i'm i'm kind of i kind of want to ask rare about i want to ask him you know does does hitting an anchor ball onto a ship that has a destroyed capstan that is is anchored raise the anchor come to join me crew lad welcome aboard oh I'm I'm going to talk about the uh, the next video that we got with uh Greg Mails uh who was talking with John about kind of the creation of the arena but before I, I before I do that I do just want to pop pop out one thing and just say how crazy this was as I was watching the video with Andy and John and they were talking about like how they were planning on destroying the actual masts, they showed clips of when they had this game in like a prototype mode when they were using the Unity engine as opposed to the Unreal engine and how they actually had this in the Unity engine and brought it over. 
it, and to me that I know that doesn't sound like oh okay what's the big deal? Well, the big deal to me was a, a long time ago before Shrouded Spoils in in early November I believe it was uh, or either it was either early November or late October. I was uh, sailing around with uh, Chalk with um, Nina and Octurus Mike and. Uh, after a while, it was just the three of us, and we were sitting down, and Mike was streaming on Mixer at the time, and oddly enough, Joni popped into his chat to say hi, and it was kind of crazy because we were like, oh my god, this is like, this is the EP, <laughs> he's he, he's watching the stream, like, and, and at this point, it was interesting because we had already been sitting down for a while, we'd finished up our sailing, and we'd, we were just kind of hanging out and just kind of speculating we were just doing what i love to do best which is just gossip about the game and see like what ifs you know throw out those crazy ideas and one of the things that i touched on that i i always i always thought would be so cool i always thought it would be so cool if if you shot a mast and you actually like hit it uh, it, enough times it would break and fall over and you had to repair it and the only way you could repair it is if you used five planks to actually like board up the mast you actually had to, to like bring it up and, and bring it and watching this video and seeing that this was <laughs> this was something they had worked out years ago literally years ago they worked this stuff out in unity engine and then brought it into the game now it just blows my mind that I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, this would be so cool if they did this. And Joe is just sitting there and I don't even, I don't know what Joe was thinking at this time. I'm sure it was really, I mean, it would have been, he probably was thinking that someone had leaked, leaked this to me. And I was just like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if, um, but the fact that, you know, the fact that I had this idea and the, and that it wasn't something that they had thought of the fact that, that that and this has happened a couple times that i've talked to some of the devs it's like i've talked to them about ideas and they're like oh yeah we thought about that and i'm like really that's so crazy like can we get that <laughs> like is that a, is that a possibility can we bring that into the game that would be cool but to see this video and to know that somewhere on Mixer there's a video with me and uh, Carides and Octurus Mike sitting down chatting away about you know what's coming with Shrouded Spoils and her guessing that it was going to be fog and me guessing about the 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 mass damage that was going to eventually just come to the game like that's so cool you know they they really put a lot of effort into this game when they were working on it from the get go and uh, to me it, it's it's just one of those things like I'm. No, it's it's cool. It's it's nice to know that they have stuff in Unity that they worked on when they first built the game, and that it it may not be something that's coming right away, but they have tested so much stuff out and can bring that forward into the game at a time when they can really flesh it out, really kind of make it work and and find a purpose for it. And I'm looking forward to when we start getting things like forts and towns and you know like the uh, chapman and i'm sorry i keep going on this but chapman always talks about the the new age the new golden age of piracy and how this is kind of like the coming of a new age of, of piracy a new golden age of piracy and i can't wait to see like how this kind of blows up into this new kind of towns and cities and new npcs like we're getting more and more of that as as the game grows and it's so cool just to see like this realization of these these ideas that this team had 
you know, years ago, just absolutely years ago, that they wanted this in the game, and it's starting to come to fruition. And to see it come out with a community that wholeheartedly supports it is so awesome to me. I love it. Those aren't pieces of eight. They're just pieces of junk. Aye, the original plan was to use nine pieces of eight to bind Calypso, but when the first court met, the brethren were to a one. Skint broke. Anyway, I, I want to get back into... I want to actually get back into the to the uh, Greg video with with the the arena and how originally this was a concept that they had back with the Unity engine as well, and they wanted to call it the Sea of Blood, which kind of is the 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 Devil Shroud in or not the Devil Shroud, but yeah yeah the Devil Shroud. I'm sorry, I was mixing Roar with Shroud for some reason, but the the sea of blood was the original idea for the arena and they knew they wanted to do it and they knew they wanted to bring it into the game but they didn't know like when they wanted to kind of flesh out the the full experience of the world before they actually did this and i i kind of commend them on that because i think uh i think just having the the short arena style version of the game wouldn't have been enough at launch either like if they had to pick one they're like all right we're gonna make a competitive pirate game i think you'd end up with something that skull and bones is going to be trying to do i think skull and bones is the game that they thought would be a good version of the game and that's what they're going to focus on skull and bones feels like it's going to be a very realistic pve pvp style kind of competitive game where where they're spending a lot of time fighting each other in smaller areas that's kind of what i've i'm, I'm getting from that so to see that this was something that they thought about a long time ago and are just now kind of bringing it into light is is really awesome so with the with the original concept um seeing seeing that they're they're developing it into what is now going to be our new trade company. We're now actually going to, so this is going to be the new trade company. We're, we're getting two. Uh, there's going to be five viable routes to to uh, get to Pirate Legend. You're only going to need three still. You only have to level level three trade companies up to, uh, up to, to Pirate Legend. And uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but I was thinking about it the other day, and I thought it would be so crazy if there was a, a pirate legend who had actually leveled up to pirate legend just through the the hunter's call and the merchant alliance and the gold hoarders like it would be so strange I, i'm pretty sure i mentioned this if i did I'm, I'm repeating myself in which case i'm sorry someone can find the, the episode and be like here you go idiot here's the uh here's that episode where you talked about this already but it's so crazy to me to think that there's a, a pirate legend out there one day who's never going to have killed order any order of soul skeletons uh on purpose or or ventured into the arena to to level up and stuff it's it's totally pve style and i, I kind of like that i think that's kind of cool and likewise, there's going to be pirates out there who've done nothing but uh, arena and order of souls and forts and have to level up one other through some other means, um, probably gold herders, because that's what everyone kind of defaults to, because that's kind of piratey uh, to be able to earn pirate legend. But um, anyway, kind of getting, getting back to the arena, this is going to be uh, our new trade company. It's going to be the Sea Dogs. And I, I love the idea of this being kind of DeMarco and Lissetti's stake in the ground to try and announce that the, this is them coming into the Sea of Thieves to, to basically say like, hey, we're looking for the best pirates out there and we're going to have a competition to see who is the best. So 
as you level this from one to 50, it's definitely going to be something where it's going to be pretty, it's, it's probably going to be pretty similar to what you expect with the other trade companies right now. There's probably going to be one through 50, five tiers, you get upgrades. Uh, the interesting thing about this is because it's the arena, I don't know how this is going to work as far as like with the other trade companies where you have increases to the type of voyages that you go do arena isn't based around that so i don't know if they're giving something for you at every five level tier uh the way that the way that the voyages for order of souls gold hoarders and merchant alliance increase in quality you know like i wonder if there's like a reputation multiplier or mul multiplier that uh comes into effect when you get to higher levels of uh, 1 through 50. And also if the 1 through 50 is similar to the other trade companies where once you hit 40, that is technically halfway through the reputation levels. Uh, once you hit 40 in other trade companies, you've effectively reached the halfway point. That last 10 levels is is literally the, the, uh, the same amount of reputation required to get from 40 to 50 as it did from 1 to 40 so uh really interesting to to think about like how that's going to work um what kind of rewards you're going to get they have said that there are going to be uh the equipment for sea dogs there's going to be the kind of they have kind of a gold blue red uh style of clothing very feathers lots of emblems things like that looks great uh looks like the demarco clothing in the trailer and you're going to get a variant of that um, as as uh, cosmetics, as, as uh, weapons, equipment, and the liveries as well, too. So whoever hits uh, uh, the 50 for the for the, for that, is, it's probably going to be back same way that Order of Souls was when the game first started. And you had, you had people that hit level 50 in the uh, Order of Souls, and they had the really kind of cool rogue sea dog uh, liveries. Those were kind of the, the, the best-looking thing that you had in the game until you hit pirate legend and then everyone kind of hit pirate legend and started getting the uh, pirate legend cosmetics uh, or liveries and stuff and i think that the i think the sea dogs is going to be kind of like that it's going to be a big show that you're a good pvp -er if you uh, if you get that pretty quickly <laughs> So some of the takeaways that came in with the the video that talked about the creation of the arena was that there was a lot of actually in the weekly stream too. This was something that came in with the weekly stream where Joe, Shelley, and John sat down to talk a lot about the the arena, what to expect, and uh, the gameplay came with the actual TwitchCon weekend which was amazing it was actually really cool to see this in action with uh some of my favorite streamers um who are, are out there kind of enjoying themselves over the weekend but uh so kaida wrath fox die and thorvon blitz as well as a, a lot of other ones that i saw were out there playing it they had a really good time it was really cool to see some high level gameplay going in to the arena and see like how well they did of course they they came out on top and stuff but Getting back to the videos that, that we saw, we actually had uh, them showing us that there's some serious things that were taken into consideration to kind of make sure that things were actually like even. Um, so when, when you play Sea of Thieves, you, you typically have to worry about load times from the ferry. That is not something you're going to have to worry about with the arena. And part of me kind of wants this for adventure too. So normally most people usually say that the biggest difference between PC and Xbox as far as equality comes down to the precision that comes with a mouse, 
which I think is is depends on how what you're comfortable with. Some people are more comfortable with controllers. Some people are more comfortable with mice. Just depends on your play style and what you started out with. And the other thing comes down to load times. Something that I've noticed uh, can be helped with the with the actual like SSD drives on Xbox One S's uh, and X's. Um, having that is it can make a big difference on how quickly you load into something and with the arena they've totally taken this out and they've put in some sort of camera that kind of it actually like pulls away from above you so when you die you slump down and you just look like, like a green green version of yourself just kind of sitting there on your knees and you actually get more of like a bird's eye view as you're waiting to come back and instead of going to the ferry this can actually present a really awesome opportunity for you to to talk to your to other people say hey this is what i'm seeing what's going on because you're still in the you're still on wherever you were where you died so if you're on your ship you can still relay information about what you see it doesn't look like you can move the camera but still being able to have like some sort of information is going to help not only with the the viability for streaming so people aren't sitting there looking at black screens all the time and they mentioned this in the video that they, they didn't think that it was a lot of fun for people to actually sit there and look at a black screen after you've died. So instead, you get this kind of bird's eye view of what's going on. You can talk to your teammates and relay this information uh, to help out as well, too. Um, they've also gone in and removed out the, the actual cursed cannonballs in, out of Arena. And it, it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. You know, they, they've implemented uh, mechanics to the ship so that any cursed cannonball that you would have used to impact ship, uh, ship viability or ship maneuverability has been taken out. So it's a lot fairer for people who run out of cursed cannonballs. Say, say that you sink and you come back and you, you aren't able to, to have all the cursed cannonballs that you did, uh, you used them, you missed them, you know, you don't get that opportunity, the ship damage takes that place. So you aren't forced to have to deal with that, that fact uh, of, of having to be outgunned uh, based on, on the cursed cannonballs. They've, they've also taken out the AI threats in this. Uh, now, as far as they've said, the fog and the storms are still in the game which makes sense because they're not really an AI threat. They're just a, an environmental kind of uh, atmosphere kind of thing. And not having AI threats really does help out because it doesn't feel like if you die to like a, a wave of skeletons with uh, sniper rifles or, or not sniper rifles, but eye of reaches, it doesn't feel so bad because at least it wasn't like you died and then someone came up, grabbed the chest and then made it away. It's like you died because other pirates got you uh, or some other some other thing that was purely a skill based thing came into effect. I, I love that aspect of the game in adventure it makes more sense because you're you're fighting a pve versus a pvp world but with the arena they've they've developed this to be a competitive experience and the best way to make it competitive is to ensure that you are taking out elements that don't don't actually mean that it's, it's going to be out of your your hands it's going to be something that well i mean not so much that it's out of your hands but more to do with the fact that you you anticipate what's coming because you know it's only going to be pirates and if if it's just pirates then it comes down to how well you you tackle that kind of uh, encounter as opposed to not having to you know not having to worry about like a gunpowder skeleton popping up and coming after you while you're trying to duel this this uh, pirate on an island so i love that i love that they're really taking into account what is 
considered fair because that, that really is what comes down to what makes arena good if if arena is good then you don't have to worry about it uh you know you're, you're gonna actually be able to to kind of build up your skill as you go on and we'll we'll be getting um we'll be getting the crossplay in the summer so people people that are concerned as far as like xbox versus pc uh that will be something that will be fixed in the in the game later on when they can actually work out the actual technicalities of that um i saw a lot of people on the stream chat that were talking about how they were upset because it was only five ships and not like eight and I'm, I'm just trying to think like the area that you're in is small like there's not going to be a whole lot of room for you to be sailing around in it's it's maybe like two or three maybe four islands at most so having five ships converge on one is is it's going to be enough you know you're it's going to feel active enough and i and i I don't understand the people that are coming into chat and looking at the situation and be like, oh, well, this isn't going to be fun. You don't actually get any progression out of it. You just get cosmetics or, oh, this isn't going to be fun. There aren't enough people in it. I want 60 players in a slowly shrinking environment. And a lot of people seem to think that this game has to build a competitive mode that is going to become an esports game. And I, I don't see that. A lot of people were pushing back against that. Thankfully, a lot of people were letting you know, like, hey, not every game needs to be a, uh, not every game has to be an eSport. Not every game has to be a battle royale. Like, we have enough of those as it is. And a lot of people want to see certain games go into that. But to, to sit there and say, like, this isn't going to work because there aren't enough ships, or this isn't going to work because the, the environment is the same, or this isn't going to work because of this or that, is silly. It's like, have, have some faith that what's coming is going to be really good. And we'll get to, we'll, you know, when it actually comes out, judge it then. Judge, judge how good the game is when the update actually comes out. Because at, at the moment, we, we're still just kind of basing everything we have off of uh, what we've seen. You know, so I, I don't know. Uh, that kind of went in a weird way. I didn't mean to to take it there. So there, some of the things that I did notice was that um, with the removal of Fairy of the Damned, everyone has the same respawn time. Uh, the video that they posted at five minutes forty four seconds uh, actually shows the finished Sea Dog Tavern. And I noticed when I went back and watched the the actual Twitch video that the the tavern is in the background and you can actually see the whole tavern and this thing is huge uh they did say on stream that it is not something that you're going to be able to go into in adventure mode so adventure mode will have it but and it'll be at that big spire at the in the middle of the oceans but as far as being able to go inside that's not going to be something that is available in adventure now all the npcs that are uh, in the tavern in arena mode will be available on the outside of the tavern in adventure so if you're an adventure and you want to upgrade something or you want to go purchase something if you have the reputation you can still do that without necessarily queuing up into arena uh, you can just go down sail into the middle of the island go to the spire find the tavern go out outside and actually talk to the vendors out there so i'm i you know i was kind of wondering like how that was going to work as far as like purchasing things uh when when you're not in a match or like 
how quickly the matches actually start up and if that's something that you're going to have enough time to actually like go buy something if you want to or to, to kind of weigh your options before the next match begins and it's nice to know that you aren't limited to just the arena to actually purchase those items as well. You can actually have them uh, available or the, the NPCs available to you at any given time in Adventure. One cool thing that I did notice was that a lot of the parts in the video show off liveries that are not available right now. Now, I, I don't know how this is gonna work. I don't know if this was this is purely for arena because that's kind of what this seems like. But in the arena, you have the five different galleons and each galleon has a color and a name. And you are kind of, your crew gets randomly assigned these colors. And I was looking at some of the liveries on, on the, the streaming uh, that was done this weekend at TwitchCon and these liveries are beautiful. It wasn't too long ago I was asking for very vibrant colors and there's a blue and white one that's out there that's like a shark uh, motif and it looks great. The banisters are like a white. The ship is blue. It looks amazing. I really hope that we get these in adventure because I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm okay doing what I have to in arena to, to be able to get these, but to, to be able to have these, uh, in, in adventure would be great. Cause I, I'm, I'm really kind of worried that the only thing we've seen as far as cosmetics go are the sea dog stuff. So I don't know if we're getting any other cosmetics outside of just the sea dog stuff. Cause I know, um, on the, on the anniversary update, we did see the one, like, uh, uh, the one, scope the the one telescope uh no not not, not spyglass thank you spyglass I, I know you said it as i was trying to think about it so thank you uh the spyglass was was uh kind of an ancient tribalism or ancient kind of world look so i know that we're getting some of those but i i really hope we get a lot of cosmetics we haven't had a good set of cosmetics come in for a while and i'm hoping that something really awesome shows up with this update they've had a lot of time so we'll we'll have to see all right pirates next up on today's docket i do want to let you know about something that's coming on april 16th that is this tuesday at 2 p.m pt 5 p.m et and 10 p.m british standard time there is going to be a new uh, Xbox Insider event. Now, this is going to include a lot of information as far as like Warhammer, Chaos Bane, Rage 2, but this is also going to be uh, a big deep dive into, and I don't mean that as a pun, the Hunter's Call for the actual Sea of Thieves uh, update. So, with Sea of Thieves, we're getting the Hunters, uh, the new reputation for the Hunter's Call. And they're going to be giving uh, an inside Xbox mix pot. So you need to be logged into your account, your Microsoft account that you have for your, for your that has Sea of Thieves on it. And you have to watch at Watch Mixer, just how it sounds, one word, at Watch Mixer. During this event, during this, this hour-long event on the 16th, so that you can get the Ebon Flintlock pistol. Now... I know a lot of people have been coveting this flintlock pistol for a long time because it's one of the few, it's the only pistol prior to February or March that had an iron sight. Now the iron sight is 
it, it makes a big difference when you're actually um, sailing around, you're actually trying to shoot pirates and stuff. So with the mixed pot, you can get this ebb and flint lock. When you're logged in, you're actually watching it. You don't have to watch it for very long. You can watch it for a minute and that's enough. You can watch it for 30, 30 seconds and it'll be enough. Just make sure that you set up your reminders if you want this one. If you can't get this, I'll let you know right now that the the mercenary set that came in as a result of the Friends Play Free event that everyone has access to, if you want something that has an iron sight, go to the iron go to the weaponsmith and buy the mercenary flintlock pistol. It is the exact same pistol, just a different color skin. It still has the iron sight. So if that's your hang up right now that you that you won't be able to go see this, there is an alternative in the game now. You can actually go pick that up. But if you want the Ebon Flitlock, if it's something that you've been hearing about and you want it for your set because you have the Obsidian set that had the six pieces that they've been giving away the codes for during the weekly streams, or like myself, it's something that you picked up the Black Dog set from long ago, missed out on the uh, the mixed pots from last year, and want to complete the set for the uh, for the Ebon Flintlock set and the, or the the Obsidian slash Ebon set. This is a, a, the only way that you're going to be able to do it is is to watch this on April 16th. That's this Tuesday again. The time are from 10 p.m. Uh, British summertime, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific time, and 5 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, you'll have to work it out if you're in Australia. Again, I know you guys are like 16 hours ahead or something ridiculous like that. Um, it'll, it'll probably be like early morning Wednesday for you. All right, pirates. So we did get a couple reviews in since the last time I got a chance to talk about them. Uh, it's it, as funny as it was, this is something that I keep meaning to do. But every time I sit down to record an episode, it's either April Fool's Day or I have had a guest on the show and I just haven't gotten back to that normal kind of talking about the community who supports me. So I did want to reach out and thank the people that came in with their five-star reviews. I got three in the last few weeks. Uh, March 18th, Kim wrote in. She wrote, hello, just want to thank you for a great podcast about a game I have grown to love. I just started playing Sea of Thieves two months ago. I went back and listened to almost all of your episodes to get caught up with the progression of the game and how it has evolved. I typically can only play on the weekends and usually late at night. Not since my days of raiding in World of Warcraft have I stayed up until 3 a.m. playing a game. Your podcast helps fill the void when I'm unable to play Thanks, P51. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that review. I got another one in from uh, Commander Bob, who is, uh, I believe that is Rathbone from the, the actual Discord server now, who came in. I wrote his email a while back. He came in with a five-star review, says, uh, Keel hauled my playlist. Captain Logan is the source for everything Sea of Thieves, from inside news, update info, and captain's logs to the Discord server, channel, and awesome community. This is the podcast you need. Legends, lore, and a pirate's life for me. Tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Also, Nurse Fern comes in, good friend of mine. He wanted to support me as well. He says, great podcast collecting the newest and most important updates. Great all-around discussions to great topics. Nurse Fern, thank you. Commander Bob, thank you. Kim, thank you very much. I appreciate your guys' support. The The reviews matter because they bring, uh, they bring notice to the actual podcast. And a lot of people don't know that there are Sea of Thieves podcasts out there in fact i was in hot topic uh yesterday shopping around for a lanyard for work 
and I came across a guy and I was wearing my, my be more pirate t-shirt. And he, he called out to me and he's like, dude, where did you get that t-shirt? And I said, I bought it online from sea of thieves. He's like, that is awesome. I want something like that. And I'm like, Oh, you should check out my tattoo. So I showed him my tattoo and he's like, man, that is diehard. And I'm, and I told him, I was like, dude, this game is a lot to me. This game is pretty much everything to me. And I told him, I was like, Hey, I do content creation for this. I mean, not so much as, as much as far as the streaming, but I have a podcast about this. If you want to stay up to date on some of the news coming out with it, man, this is, this is my pride. This is my joy. Like this is my dedication. So check it out if you get a chance. And he was really grateful for that. So I gave him my information. Hopefully he'll pop into the discord server and we'll get him some sailing time in. Uh, other than that, it was just, it was really kind of cool. It was the first time I actually got to have someone, uh, kind of call me out and be like, I recognize that t-shirt. I play that game. Where'd you get that? Cause that's, you know, that doesn't happen. And I think, I think this is. I think the anniversary update is going to really bring in a lot of people back to the game and really show them just how amazing this game has been this whole time. But that the update just kind of gives you more to do. All right, pirates. So we're going a little long. I do have some more stuff I want to talk about, and as a result, I'm going to take in a Sea of Thieves story that I got a while back that I haven't gotten a chance to put into the show. So this comes to us from Freakstar. He is one of the few people that has continually sent in stories. Uh, there's been a lot on the Discord server, but none that I, I wanted to pick out because I wanted to get to that. Uh, none that I wanted to pick out that were short enough. I just wanted to get this one in because it sounded great. So Freakstar actually had quite a little adventure for himself. So he writes in and he says, uh, I be Captain Freak and today I be telling you a tale, my final tale to Pirate Legend. I be setting sailed solo today, just three villainous skulls is all I be needing. So I set sail for a nearby fort. As I arrived and dropped the anchor, there was one skeleton still shooting me. I was unable to save my ship, so I sailed back. I was just getting into cannon range of the fort when there happened to be a skeleton ship. I proceeded to park, and as the skeleton ship circled the fort, I prepared for a battle. I finished sinking the skeleton ship with five planks left. It took me about two hours to complete the fort. I loaded up all the loot. I got a foul skull two villainous skulls and the stronghold skull and i headed straight to the outpost with no problems i turned in the foul skull first then ran ran back to get the stronghold and i noticed i got grade 50 for the foul skulls and the reputation from that pushed me over i was so happy all i needed was a foul skull Thank you, Captain, for making a wonderful podcast. This podcast is full of all the latest news of Sea of Thieves, and I highly recommend this for anyone that plays Sea of Thieves. So, Freakstar, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to hear that you finally hit Pirate Legend. Congratulations. It was a good, good adventure, and I'm glad that you were able to, to get it with just the Foul Skull. Funny how sometimes all it takes is just one little thing to, to push you over when you feel like it would require a lot more. So congratulations again, and I look forward to sailing with you. One last thing that I did want to cover deals with the... Uh, stuff that came out this week that wasn't from Rare, um, although technically it was from Rare. So if you've been following some of the other news outlets, we found out that the first week of April, there was uh, a group of press that went out to Rare Studios to be able to play the anniversary update in its current state and be able to, to experience it so they could write up reviews on what's coming out, which is great. 
because it means that they're going to be talking a lot about some of the awesome stuff that we're going to be getting in there. The, the interesting part of this is that Rare actually recorded a fair amount of video for them to be able to use to show off some of the features that are coming. Uh, part of this was uh, six minutes of the Tall Tales Shores of Gold cam ga gameplay footage. And right now it has 90,000 views. So I imagine a fair amount of people have actually watched this video at least once. Um, they also have seven minutes of the Hunter's Call or, or like fishing and cooking and stuff. So they've, they've gotten all this video from Rare. Uh, it's all from their studios and they've posted it prior to the the launch after the embargo that they had but prior to the actual launch it's really great footage it really showcases some of the cool stuff that's going to be coming in the update it is highly spoilery though especially the tall tall tale stuff and i think this is kind of where i i feel like the and this was something that was actually brought up in the weekly stream so the the question was asked now that some of this content has been shown off um uh can we actually talk about it in our streams and joe basically said that you know the main focus is revolving around tall tales and that but uh you know that the nda is still in effect for insiders and it's kind of a bummer because uh i understand where it, what he's asking us to do he's asking us not to talk about everything that comes with tall tales so i'm going to speak about what i found in the gameplay trailer and kind of let you know my thoughts on that right in here is probably where i'm going to say after this uh if you don't want to be spoiled with stuff for tall tales uh go ahead and, and stop the podcast here um if you are listening i'll, I'll go ahead and i'll i'll um i'll have a sign off and stuff later on but for the most part consider this uh kind of the end to to where you need to worry about as far as the actual episode goes so if you don't want to be spoiled go ahead and stop the episode now thanks for listening by the way if you if you got to this part and you're like no i just i don't want to be spoiled I'd, I'd rather find out when i actually get to play it myself thank you i appreciate you listening this far and come back next week when we find out more about the hunter's call until then love you everyone else if you're still with me uh let's talk about the tall tales gameplay trailer that came out it's not even a trailer it's just gameplay footage it's six minutes that's been cut together for the for ign uh from rare and it basically, from what it looks like, is they're going on one of the tall tales, uh, the Shroudbreaker one. And it looks like it starts off at the Mysterious Strangers, and it sent them out to find, uh, well, the, the book. We found out what's going on with the book. So the books actually have uh, a journal. And uh, I paused the video, and I was kind of reading through it. And it looks like uh, it kind of revolves around the Burning Blade uh, which is a ship that was uh, one of Flameheart's ships. Uh, at least it has Flameheart's icon uh, on the sails um, when, when I'm looking at the actual page. And they, they go out to a shipwreck, which I can only assume is the Magpie's Wing based on the, the, the journal, the little voyage journal thing that had pages in it. And uh, so you have to go out to the Magpie's Wing to get more pages that then take you to what looks like Crook's Hollow. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you never see the full Island, but I've, I've been there enough times and I know the icons enough to know that the scarab rock is on, uh, Crook's hollow. So they, they take this, uh, they find a chest out in the water and they take the stuff that's in it, which is a couple more pages and this kind of scarab looking, uh, trinket, 
I don't, I don't know what to really call it, but they put this trinket on a, uh, the little stone etching rocks, the things that I thought were, you know, uh, like triggers uh, for traps. And this, open, th- this opens up a whole other kind of uh, little room. And this is, this, at this point, there's now a puzzle that they have to solve and they have to use the book to, to actually cipher out the, the, the way to solve the puzzle. And it looks like as, as this is going, it's actually filling up the room as well too. Um, they work out the puzzle. They do some other stuff in between. There's a lot of cuts, so it's hard to tell like exactly what they're doing. But with the once once they finish it to some extent, um, they put these little coins into the into this kind of altar. And they have like they have like little little prompts to let you know like what you have to do next and whatnot. But basically, they finish up the puzzle, and once they finish it up, they get this kind of uh, little deity figure. Um, think think Indiana Jones and a little idol uh, that he picks up off the pedestal. And once he picks it up, uh, they they leave and take it back to the mysterious stranger. And then the mysterious stranger talks about Briggsy, uh, who is a, a pirate from the from the Athena's fortune. Uh, she's one of the pirates that had a sloop during the fight at Golden Sands Outpost. And I'm assuming at that point, Briggsy is now involved with the uh, with with actual game. So I he talks about you know her knowing how to get to the shores of gold, but not telling you or not not wanting to tell you or tell anyone at that point. So it's it's interesting. I can't believe that there's six minutes that they just gave away to IGN uh, that are of the the tall tales, especially after the weekly stream where Joe says like, this is not something that we want people talking about. It's under NDA. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what part is under NDA? Because they just showed a whole lot of, they showed six minutes that you guys recorded for them about, about what we're actually doing. So feel free to let me know what part uh, is still covered under that NDA. I I understand that I'm, I'm risking it right now and, and there's a good chance that I'll get kicked out. And if that's the case, it's, that's the case, but I, I can't in good conscience, um, have this stuff out here, not address the, the, the kind of, um, the, I can't even think of what it's called, but the fact that I can't talk about it technically because I'm under NDA, but these guys get six minutes of, of footage from Rare to post uh, after the embargo uh, that they they were under a week embargo to be able to spend time to write up articles based on this stuff and then post it. And now we get to see it, even though the update's not out. It, it's yeah, a little bit of hypocrisy. I kind of I kind of hope that that gets addressed after the update, but. Um, you know, I still love Rare. I just want to be able to talk about it and to, to feel like the NDA holds any value when people are people who aren't under the NDA are able to take information from the Insider program and release it with permission. Um, kind of uh, smacks in the face of, of content creators who rely uh, on on covering the news for Rare from Rare uh, with the content that they give us, and that you know we're only getting scrappings from other media outlets the footage is great watching seven minutes of someone fish um is isn't the most amazing thing so i don't know how often people are going to be fishing on stream but it looks like they've really spent a lot of time on creating all of the the quality that's involved with uh when it comes to actually fishing when it comes down to actually like spending time uh making it feel good to to make it look to look great and to seem engaging um i think it's it's going to be really cool 
to to actually get your hands on this when it comes out and to uh, to actually get to play around with it. Or if you're on the Insider program, then you've probably already you probably already experienced uh, the the Insider program, and at which case you kind of know what's coming. So um, I, I I appreciate anyone that stuck with me at this point. Uh, if you, if you guys listened, I know a lot of people don't want to be spoiled on this stuff uh and, and the people that ha- do know about it already know about it and probably already watched this and uh it, it's it's cool it's going to be so much fun i can't wait for this i i'm looking forward to the update coming out i'm looking forward to when april 16th happens when we get to find out a little bit more about the the hunter's call because that's the stuff that i think i I'm most interested in right now, like arena. Now that we've gotten all the arena stuff out of the way, I kind of want to find out more about the next trading company and how that's going to impact Sea of Thieves and how we're going to deal with, uh, with food and stuff like that coming in, like how that all works out. All right, pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of keel hauled. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to let me know what you thought. There's plenty of ways that you can do that. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you want to watch me on Twitch streaming the game or other games, you can always see me at twitch.tv slash C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always write in to me uh, by email at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to join the discussion online, feel free to join the Discord server. Plenty of pirates have been doing it, and a lot of pirates have been gearing up for the arena. They've been gearing up for adventure mode when the anniversary update comes out. There is always a link in the show notes, as always. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. I appreciate and read all of the comments that you put out there and all the likes that you give. And if you're listening to this as a podcast through Apple Podcasts, feel free to take some time, review me, give me an honest review and an honest rating. Let me know what you think of the podcast. And if you ever want to get a hold of me, there's always ways to do it. You can also message me on Xbox too. My gamer tag is C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. Unfortunately, with the PC app, it doesn't always give me the messages right away. Sometimes I find out that they've been sent uh, days in the past and I and I have to respond to them late, which is uh, kind of a weird thing. I think they need to work on that. But other than that, Pirates, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.